Hello and welcome to Tracks, Brighton's premier music podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is episode number 97. We're closing in on the big ton, but we're not there yet. What are we doing this week, Harry? The big ton. Uh, we are celebrating the announcement of a brilliant band's new album. Yes, that maybe is enough teaser for some of you because it's been big news this week. It even trended at number one on worldwide Twitter. <laughs> a British band, I think that's a big, big thing. Oh, yeah. In my head, that's a massive achievement. It is. I'm proud. I'm proud to be from Sheffield. <laughs> I'm proud to know where Sheffield is. <laughs> yes. Yes, steel and things. <laughs> what a place. Um, and we've got all sorts of good stuff coming. Three categories, sort of. Eight songs. Two podcasters. <laughs> one show. All good. An hour and a half. Or more. We haven't <laughs> cut it yet. Who knows? Maybe less. I reckon about that. No, I know, we really do bang on at this stage. But you love us for it, listeners. There wouldn't be so many millions of you if you thought it was shit. So, we might as well get into it. Let's do it. Where are we going to see them? On the flip side. Yeah, boy. Shall we begin? You alright mate? Hello. How's it going? Going good, how are you? I'm going good too. It's a Friday night. I know. We haven't done this for a while. Not a Friday night, no. I'm going to suggest that this might be the first recording of 2018 where, I, where I've had a beverage before we started. Of 2018? I think so. No. No. No, no. Close really. to though. It's not far off, no. Yeah, I've been pretty much uh a <laughs> or a sober Sally I could have been that said Selly Selly you know we can all tell you had a few bevs <laughs> so Selly that's not a lot it's yeah well done congrats thank you for congratulating me on drinking alcohol I think that was the responsible thing for you to do I guess there is a reason why we're drinking that as well is that? are we celebrating? no no oh. but we're in Brighton we are in Brighton as you can hear from Brighton, the Echo Brighton. listeners uh, we're back in the echoey, echoey uh, studio. Yeah. Did you ever know it was this echoey? And no, so we... I didn't. It, I feel like it's like echoing through my brain right now. I can yeah. really feel the vibrations hitting my skull. I can hear six Tims. Much better. Mm. If only we could only hear mm. zero Harrys. Then it would be a great podcast. It's a bit much really, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> <absolutely> too much. <laughs> six Tims and zero Harrys would be... Free for all. You talking to yourself, and who knows where you'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you do know, because sometimes you're not listening, and I just keep talking, and you have to listen to it, sort of. Anyway, anyway yeah, it's echoey, but uh, we love it here. Yeah, we'll deal with it. It's nice to be back in the heart of our hometown. Yeah. Yeah. So have you had a good week? I have had a good week. A good week? Listen, I've had a great week. Uh, Please make sure your, uh, your story's more entertaining than last week, because it... Well, it I have friends. It, I went out with friends, and listen, that was it. <laughs> listening back to that episode was so... It made me laugh so much, because you're just like... You know, it's really nice to get your friends and see them. <laughs> and you might have a 
go to the pub and have a beer. I was considering just getting rid of it and not having like, uh, what did I do that week? It's so long. (laughs) I think I was trying to make it sound. So here's what we do. When we get to this point, just before we think, right, what the hell did I do this week? And I was like, I went to the pub. Right, come on then, Tim, let's go. And then as we were recording, I was thinking... Well, that's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's try and drag this out. Flesh it out. We need 10 minutes of solid content from... <laughs> to be fair, I've seen them like three or four times since as well. So it isn't oh. even that weird of an occasion so anymore. you were lying. I wasn't lying. It was it still stood, <laughs> but it was early days then. Yeah. Well, as this... But week everyone's been... splitting up again now, so it's oh, going to be difficult. Like... Yeah, sorry. Okay. So, have you done anything interesting this week? I have. I went out on Thursday <laughs> and saw some friends. Uh, I had a four-day bender. You did have a bit so of a bender. It, uh, actually, I guess it's only for British listeners or English listeners. We had a four-day bank holiday weekend. Four-day bank I think holiday that's weekend. The UK, right? I don't know, because I always see the Irish ones come up every now and then. Mm. And uh, then again, they are part of the UK. I don't know. But may I make <laughs> a polite request at this stage? Yeah. And... You, well, you do get to say yes or no, but at the same time, know that the listeners are going to hear you reject my request if you reject it. What? I happen to have a little audio clip of you on a part of your four day bender, and I really think everyone would enjoy listening to it. I had forgotten about this, and I would have thought you had forgotten. I would about never this. forget about this because I listen to it In quite fact, regularly. I've forgotten about it so much that I'm not quite sure I know what it is. Okay, well, I think we should just play it. All right. And we'll go from there. <sighs> I'm so pissed. I'm walking through London, past the Empire, the, no, Empire State's building, the Queen's house, the, the, fuck, whatever it's called. Just twisted my ankle. I haven't twisted my ankle in like 10 years. Just walked, my ankle spun in half, twisted it, and pissed. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, why? How do you feel about listening back to that? I don't know why I did it. No, it was an interesting choice. Why I woke up the next it? morning to it. Did you? Yeah. It wasn't even that late. It was like nine. Actually, uh, you just weren't replying that day, I don't think. No, it was, I can tell you, it was 9.29. Yeah, I was On getting... Wednesday the 28th of March. Yeah, I was, I was leaving in London to go back to Brighton. Past um, the Empire State Building, obviously. <laughs> Past the Queen's Ash. Um, <laughs> you went really caught me in it, actually, didn't you? Yeah, I know. Past Queen's Ash. Anyway, like, she like, mate. <laughs> what happened? What happened to me? Um, no, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't even that drunk then. It's weird. I think you must have been quite drunk. I twisted my ankle, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Stabbed it off. Um, yeah, so it was, Tim, it was, it was a really lovely four days. Oh, my yeah. word. Oh, my word. I really I've never appreciated a four-day weekend like that one. I really loved it because we don't get. Do we only get one of those? I think we only get one, don't we? Four. A four-day thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, only for good old Jesus coming back. Yeah, right. Yeah. Lovely little Easter man. Nice one, G. Um, J. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, just before we move on to you, Tim, I also went bowling. Did you? Yeah, I hate bowling, but I was alright. I got a strike. Did you? Yeah. I- Hmm. What? I'm trying to work out if I can imagine you bowling or not. I don't think I can, you know. I'm not very good. I mean, the first one I got like 80 points. 
And then the second one, I got like 40, and I'd really given up by that point. 40? Yeah, I basically seems, didn't hit a pin. That seems abnormally low. It was. I think I'd got 40 <laughs> at halfway through, and then uh, they, they kept doing this thing where the front pin was pink, and they'd say, if you get a front pin, then they, this guy comes along with a mic, and he's like, oh, you get to win a prize if you get a strike. <laughs> and I had that a few times, and I get so stressed. I just lobbed the ball and was just throwing them to try and get rid of it until straight he came. In the gutter. And they were straight going in the gutter, and he, was, he, he never saw me. Uh-huh. But I was just lobbing balls in. I don't like bowling because there's people everywhere watching you. They're not watching uh, No, you. I know that's the problem, Tim. But I don't like it. I, I do sort of know what you mean, because the... The bit I don't like about bowling, it's not. I quite enjoy the sort of the game itself, but I don't like it when you've bowled it, and there's a bit of a walk back where you yeah. have to you have to sort of do a little like face or an expression oh. to everyone <laughs> every time. Oh, well, shit, wasn't it? Oh. Especially when you get hit a gutter ball twice or something, you're just yeah. like. Oh. But the same thing happened. It would go all the way down and then just drift at the end. <laughs> and I think I was I obviously have the same throw for every single one, yeah. and it was just annoying, but. It was good fun. They should have given you one of those ramps if you're about to get a 40, really. I think... I don't... If I can't bowl in front of somebody, then putting up a ramp is going to be just as... Ten times I think it would be worse. Then on your little walk back, you have to sort of slide it across out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Here's for you normal people. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a really cool weekend. Thank you. Good. How was your week? Uh, my week and weekend has been brilliant. Really, yeah. really fun. I've been going up to London quite a lot. Three London days, I think, since we... Uh, See the Eiffel Tower. I did the not. State <laughs> Definitely not the Eiffel Tower. Um, no, I've never seen what you think is the Empire State Building. building. You've never seen Buckingham Palace? No. I walk past it every day. Twice. Don't like them. No. hope it burns down. Sometimes I walk past it. I was on the phone to my girlfriend at the time, and I would be like... You're just a big fucking council house. Nobody likes you. <laughs> because there'll be loads of tourists and I like to play yeah. the kind of... The, their scum thing. Yeah, should have done that. I didn't realise how many people in England love the Queen and the yeah. royal family and stuff. Unfortunately, there are Because I try to air my opinion every now and then. Although just that I haven't really got one. I'm just not bothered. And they'd be like, I love the Queen. I love the royal wedding. I can't wait for it and all that stuff. Yeah. Not for me, Jen. Um, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> No, uh, but what else have I done? Saw, we're going to go in a bit of pop culture here and it's unusual for me to bring it, but I've seen Isle of Dogs twice, the new Wes Anderson movie. Lovely. And I've got to say I'm fully, fully hooked. Also went to an exhibition of all the little sets, the diorama type things. That to me sounds, like obviously I, I really want to say the film, I've been excited about it since it was talked about, but seeing the little things as well, oh, I love that. It was so good. I was like the happiest person in mm. the world because by, I'd seen it twice by that point so I was fully in love with it and then just seeing everything just looked it kind of I've seen know, the making of documentaries yeah I've been, how they, been the, watching the, the, the work sorts. that goes into it yeah it's like 144,000 frames they had to to put together to make that film god that sound doesn't sound like enough that's what it said on the leaf like, and yeah. I felt like it was quite a lot but it's like seven or like 14 frames per second or something yeah. ridiculous well they said they said like a really really productive day they would make three seconds worth of stop motion animation mm. imagine that so you've got like a four minute scene and you think right well that's two months that's mad no yeah. that that sounds undoable yeah I would go insane I don't have the patience for that at all you have to be a saint 
I feel sick. <laughs> um, but the film is so, so brilliant. I can't implore you enough to go and see it, Harry. Um, oh, it's just so up my street, but the story is great as well and it's really, really funny. So mm. many little bits that I can't wait to discuss with you. I'm not going to do spoilers on that, um, but that has been a big part of my week. What else have I done? I went to see Reimagine, which is... I feel like they're, they're kind of blowing up a little bit. It's... I suppose what you would call it is the hip-hop equivalent of going to see like a covers band, mm. but it's with a full orchestra. Um, so I went to see Kanye West, The College Dropout, played the whole way through by an entire band, string section, brass section, all of it, uh, two rappers, a singer. So I think there was probably about 12 people on stage. 12? Maybe a bit more. That's not an orchestra. No, but like it was like one of each. It wasn't like a full orchestra. Maybe okay. maybe fourteen. Okay. Around that. It's a lot anyway, of it was a lot of people. It made the sound feel really, really full. Um and it was so, so good. Partly just because like I'm a it's one of you know, it's an album that changed my life. Um, quite literally, in terms of my musical tastes. And so every song I know every word to and every bit to, so I was just totally invested in it straight away. There were some people there who I felt were a bit more reticent or not as engaged with the music but me and my I went with my little sister Lizzie um, and we both love that record so just to see it live was amazing and often things like say a rapper doing someone else's stuff I would be a bit kind of cautious of I think I'm not sure that's going to work but I really really did it was absolutely brilliant I loved it um, and they're doing they're doing all sorts of stuff. They're doing Kendrick Lamar albums and Frank Ocean albums, all sorts, uh, kind of recreating them with this full orchestra setting. Uh, but then, like it was in XOYO, which is just a club in London. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that how you say it? XOYO? I say XOYO because I can't say Soyo. And I feel like they said XOYO on the stage as well. So right. I'm going to go with that. Cool. Um, but it was brilliant. I really want to go and see. They're doing um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So. I, I'm desperate to go and see that one. Mm. Um, I think, and also I think the the college dropout one that I went to see is coming to Brighton. Yeah, there was one at uh, Concord too. Yeah. So anyone who gets to go and check out Reimagine, really, really do it. It's such a fun night, um, and they like they do an interval, so they sort of, they sort of treat it like a like you've gone to see an orchestra. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they finished it with. Uh, so it was, it was meant to just be that one album, but then they played Gold Digger and they played Monster. And the, the, it was amazing. The girl who, there's a girl who's a singer and she was, ab- she was absolutely fantastic doing, uh, you know, All Falls Down, like hitting the high notes. She was unbelievable vocals. And then uh, on Monster, she came in and did the Nicky verse Lovely. and smashed it. She was so good. Like right, she got like right up to the front of the stage and was like, going straight in the people on the front row's faces like first things first and I'm like that is amazing I didn't like I thought she was amazing she was brilliant anyway but I didn't see her just like absolutely killing it like that I'm not sure like if people had watched me watching that performance I was the coolest version of myself because I was very much like spitting and like yeah kind of lost myself certainly not cool now (laughs) certainly lost myself in the moment but it yeah it was I don't know, it's great. I think um, just being around loads of people who really love the same music that you do, so you're just kind of celebrating it together was a kind of a beautiful moment. Mm. And yeah, I think it's a really, really nice thing that they're doing. Yeah, bringing it 
two people who you, we're never going to get to see Kanye do college dropout from cover to cover it's just not going to happen no. so you might as well get together it's like going to see the Smiths at Glastonbury it's kind of um, you know everyone who loves the Smiths gets together and has a great old time yeah I really wish I could have gone if it wasn't for some ticket confusion some ticket confusion specifically you not wanting to get tickets when I did I just wasn't listening to what you were saying <laughs> typical uh, so yeah it's been a good week I've had a brilliant time good I'm still my... you got cultured and I got drunk <laughs> yeah I mean I did get drunk a bit too only good. one one day no two days no because oh, one of the days that was a bad day one of the days <laughs> sure you want to talk about it well, it wasn't a bad day just uh, I went up to London to hang out with some friends and uh, someone we were with ordered a cocktail which had absinthe in it and then it arrived and they decided it was too strong so I being the gentleman that I am said oh it's alright I'll we can swap like I don't like mine that much anyway oh that thing knocked me out really within about two sips I was like oh, oh my god absinthe in it Tim yeah we're in a fancy place and I was like oh this is kicking in very quickly uh, so yeah I did get drunk too good yeah. <laughs> just for Gone good for that. merit um, so I guess really we should move on to musical highlights of the week let's do it do you have one? I do so my highlight this week Tim is actually a playlist that was made for me by a friend interesting playlist culture coming into tracks yeah I've uh, talked about this with people at work and they think that it's it's taken over the whole mixtape era yeah well I'm constantly reading things about playlist culture and how it's kind of influencing how albums are put together and how people consume music. I'm not personally much of a playlist guy. No. I have one that I go to, which is a playlist that I made for somebody a while ago, like a year or so ago. And it was just music I love. So it's actually a bloody good playlist because it's just got every song that I like in it. So I use that every now and then at work because I'll know it just have some stuff on but no I'm not I will individually go through different songs and stuff like that and I'm, I will look up yeah. a band that I'm into and I'll just listen to their stuff for a bit yeah and... I'm very much an album I'm still an album consume, consumer and yeah. um, I suppose I, I quite like it on uh, whether it's SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever kind of uh, platform you're listening to I quite like it when it you get to the end of what you're listening to and it starts just rolling through the kind of song radio type uh, mm. functionality so I suppose that's kind of listening the playlist listening style um, but generally speaking no I like if I want to work out if I like someone I'm going to go and listen to half an hour 40 minutes of them and then make a decision absolutely but anyway playlist yeah the so she made me a, a playlist and I didn't really know her music taste and it's good to kind of it's a good way to learn somebody's music taste I'll tell you that Tim yeah so I have to say Tim very good very good some stuff on here that you'll be a big fan of um, but I'm, I'm just going to name a few I do have one that I'm going to play this, this one that kind of came on at one point and I was like I don't know this but mm. I'm absolutely loving it oh interesting um, but we are looking at uh, the John Spencer Blues Explosion Bell Bottoms yeah that um, was, I played the remix of that you did like, indeed That's, last week I, did, I, wasn't like, I was like I think I know this and then it was like Bell Bottoms oh there he yeah. is uh, PJ Harvey, nice. Uh, Mud Honey, approve. I don't actually. I didn't know Mud Honey. I think my dad's a Mud Honey fan. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Daddy. Um, Metronomy, Palouche. 
Don't know who they are. Don't know that. Massive Attack, Parker Core. <laughs> Ezra Furman. Massive fan. Obviously there going go. to see him in Brighton very soon. Can't wait. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Nirvana. Yeah, I mean, there's just loads on here. Radiohead. L- load of bands that I've never heard of. And it's nice to kind of open your mind up to somebody else's music taste, especially with like 150 songs or whatever, and just go through it. I often listen to it when I'm on the way to work. And all the, these songs come on. Occasionally I'll get to something. I'm like, nah, not for me right now. Yeah. Do you feel um, like you've got to know the person better? I think, I think so, yeah. I think if people listen to 150 of like my favourite songs, they would think I was quite a sullen, sad little <laughs> man. Lot... They wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> no, I'm a very smiley I'm man these days. Um, but yes, yeah, it, it would be an interesting uh, kind of journey into my psyche, I think. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool way well, to... Well, it is. It gives you a chance to say, like, I, I love this song, whatever. And then they give you a little thing about why they love that. And yeah. starts a little conversation about this music and stuff. And before you know it, you know everything about their taste. You know what you can go and see with them and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's it's just good. I love a good, a good nice, little mixtape. Have you ever actually made a mixtape? A physical uh, one? I have made a... Well... A CD. No, no. What I made was... There was a... I can't remember what kind of... I would say about 2007 maybe 2008 something like that you used to be able to buy it was essentially a USB stick but it came in kind of a faux cassette case right so you could write on like the songs from a mixtape but you could just download them and put them on the USB stick that was inside so I did uh, make that for like my high school girlfriend high school high school girlfriend (laughs) yeah Um, I've made mixed CDs have you? And made like little packages for them. And I stuff. can imagine you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You soppy git. I'm not soppy at all. No. I mean, this is kind of what we do every week here. <laughs> we bit. make a little mixtape. And speaking of which, if you go on Spotify, Track Show Music, you will find us, all of our little playlists and mixtapes for it's... you, our lovely, lovely listeners. Absolutely. Um, one of the, or the song I'm going to play though, um, is from a band called Cooler Shaker. Cooler Shaker, yeah. Of course. And, I like uh, the accent you put on that. Cooler Shaker. Shaker. <laughs> and um, I was listening along to it, walking past uh, whatever I call Buckingham Palace. And um, the Empire State Building. I was like, this is really cool. Mm. I am a fan of this. And I didn't know them. Um, amazed to find out the era they were a band in. 90s, right? Yeah, like late 90s. Britpop type. Like, stuff. it was Britpop, yeah. but this sounded like some kind of psych rock stuff. And I looked him up, psychedelic rock band, Tim. That's what it says on the old Wikipedia. Well, it must be right then. It, it, exactly. <laughs> when is that ever wrong? Um, the song is called Grateful When You're Dead, slash Jerry Was There. And I really like it. Yeah. So let's play it. <laughs>
So that was Grateful When You're Dead slash Jerry Was There by Kula Shika. Tim, do you have a highlight? I do indeed. And before I get to what I'm actually going to play, I'm just going to... I think I'm going to do something that I've never done before, maybe, which is kind of retrospectively praise one of your picks. Because if we're talking about what I've listened to most over the last couple of weeks and what I've enjoyed the most is something that you brought to our remix episode which I'm just fully, fully hooked on. It's uh, the Muramasa Fortet remix of Lovesick. I cannot stop listening to that song. (laughs) Like, several times a day. Maybe ten times a day sometimes. Sometimes I listen to it three times in a row. Did you ever listen to the original that much? Uh, No. The original I was always just like, it's fine. Um... What is it that you like about it so much? I don't, I don't know. I just, it just everything. I, it's got a kind of old school hip hop feel to it. That, uh, nee, nee. Yeah. like the little, the little vocal bit. That was so bad, by the nah, way. Nee, nee. Even by my standards, <laughs> that was bad. Um, but like that, that's got a kind of early noughties feel to it. But mm. I just, I love the drums that have been like. Well, seeing as we're doing this, Tim, I have to tell you that the the Jamie XX remix of the XX song has. That was one of your things you brought forward, and I've listened to that almost yeah. every day ever since. Oh, look at this little loving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that has probably been my actual song of the week. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play that again. We've already heard it. If you haven't listened to it, listeners, uh, then go back and listen to that episode. I can't remember what it's called. Can you? Remixes. Oh, hot and fresh out of the kitchen. Hot and fresh out of the kitchen. It was a great app. Mama we're rolling. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing it again. Uh, but uh, in the interest of keeping things hot and fresh, I'm going to bring something else to the table, which is a band that has been part of Tracks history. They were played on the first ever episode, and they've been talked about many times subsequently, and on this very day, as we record, they've Um. just put out their second album. We're talking, of course, about Madrid's finest, Heinz. One of their first album... Leave Me Alone was one of my favourite albums of 2016. And I've kind of always kept a real soft spot for this this band. They're four girls. They're just probably the most fun, fun yeah. live act I've ever seen. And I know that as a few of the songs from this album have come out, Harry, you've, um, I suppose, been a little bit sceptical. The Club and You For You were the two uh, lead singles. And you were slightly concerned that maybe they hadn't ventured away from their safe space. Right, so I haven't heard this album yet. And I was a little reticent to the fact that it seemed like they were making a first album part two almost. Yeah. I mean, what they make is essentially lo-fi garage rock. Yeah. Which is incredibly catchy, quite poppy, but keeping that kind of... Um, rough and ready feel to it and I'm going to be honest they haven't strayed a million miles away from that and I I think less so than you but I did have some of the same uh, reservations when I'd heard some of the lead singles but having listened to this album a couple of times today the word that you said as soon as you know they were brought up is all you can really describe them as fun it's such a good fun album I have the best time listening to it and I, it's you know a collection of 11, 12 songs that I just think I just want to I want to see them live. I want to listen to them. You know they put me in a good mood immediately. 
say what you like about them. They're by no means the most talented instrumentalists yeah. out there. They're not even the best vocalists by any means. You know, you've got two, essentially two lead singers, neither of which are kind of by conventional standards great singers. But something about it just works. They know how to write an indie pop song. And I'm going to be listening to this album for a long time because when when it's just that time in the day where you need a pick-me-up, you need a bit of sunshine, you need a bit of Spanish joy brought into your life. If you stick on new album, which I don't even think I've said the name of, it's called I Don't Run. Uh, stick it on. It's made for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you literally don't run. Um, yeah, it's just... It's, it's just joyous. Okay. Um, and I think there's, in my mind anyway, there's always going to be space in the music industry for that. I don't think they have to be anything more complex. That's kind of the conclusion from listening to this album that I've come to. I suppose when the first stuff started coming out, I probably wanted a bit of progression too from them. But now I just kind of think, do you know what? Brilliant. I love, I love what you girls do. And I just want you to keep doing it. Well, when one of their main selling points is making fun, catchy music, and if they bring another album out doing just that, then you can't really fault them for it, can you? No, exactly. And I do think I do think it's... Um, in some ways, I think it's a slightly more complex album than the first. I think there's kind of more depth to some of the tracks than previously. So they are, they are moving in a direction, but it's, you know, very much within their ballpark. But they've mastered it. There's no one out there doing what they're doing quite as well. Um, so, to be honest, it's one of those albums where when, I, when you bring it as a musical highlight, you think, I don't really know what I'm going to pick as the actual song I'm going to play because I could, I could pick any of them. They're all as kind of great and fun as each other. But I think, I think Tester has been my, uh, the one that really instantly caught me as the best. Tester. Tester. Like someone who tests things. Yeah. So I'm going to play it. It's called Tester, Test, uh, and it's by Heinz. And here it is.
there you have it. That was Heinz with Tester. What did you make of it, Harry? I made of it good things, Tim. Did you? Yeah, it was nice. It was good. It was just like you say. It's. I would love to go and see them live again. Yeah. Um, I think that song really, what it conjures up in my mind is, you know those classic videos, music videos, where it's a load of kind of quite scratchy uh, tour footage. Yeah. Like people dancing backstage and then like a bit of the crowd. And like, That's very them as well, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it? Yeah, but that just like lends itself to that perfectly and I love that stuff um, me too kind of shamelessly love that stuff Whether... something about backstage I love really <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know, know if I want to know that. what the rest of that is. you made it sound so silly I like the making ofs and stuff like that something about backstage I really <laughs> love <laughs> you can't say it like that uh, <laughs> something about the backstage I love horrible <laughs> uh, anyway uh, yeah it it just makes me smile, and sometimes you don't need any more than that. So that was my musical oh. highlight of the week. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. So this week, listeners, there was a very, very special and exciting announcement. I suppose what felt like to me in the world of UK indie, but actually, really, in just the general music landscape. The wonderful, fantastic, iconic, legendary, Sheffield's very own Arctic Monkeys. Uh, They announced their sixth studio album is to drop next month. Harry, can you off the top of your head? Remember what the title of said album is. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Yes. Out Spot May 11th. On. Out May 11th. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Certain. Is it a great name? Is it a strange name? Very good question, Tim. And it's one that I've been struggling with. I looked at... So when I saw it, it was 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. on Thursday. And I had a Twitter notification the instant it happened. And I saw it. And I, they had this little teaser video. Yeah. And it starts, so I don't know what it's called at this stage. Mm-hmm. I don't look at any banners or anything. Not on purpose, it's just what happened. And uh, all this stuff is happening, right? So you've got this cardboard-looking, like, stack of... Yeah. What is it? It's it like looks a to, model, a moving it, model. It looks to me like... Do you remember when you were a kid and on Blue Peter they would make mm. you make, like, a... Bloody Thunderbirds Island or something, and it never really looks like the real thing. That's what that model looks like. <laughs> Made to me. out of like cereal boxes. Yeah, exactly. And get it, your toilet roll and your double-sided sticky tape. And yeah, yeah. It just looks a, but it's on it's on top of like an old school tape, sort of. Um, yeah. Whatever yeah. those are, recorder things. Yeah. Those a little hand bit like signals the... I just did made no <laughs> sense to listeners whatsoever. It's a little bit like what Alexander has in the uh, the video for cornerstone a little bit yeah um and so that kind of goes on for quite a long time i'm thinking okay this is like a classic 
album like teaser video where there's mm. just a loud noise over it and it's like well this isn't giving us anything so I'm not that excited at this point yeah. but I'm starting to get the aesthetic I'm starting to see the little the kind of era they're going for almost it, it looks like it's trying to hit a certain point and then these le- you, you kind of and these num- these le- uh, letters come in and it yeah. says Arctic Monkeys and it says the album title yeah. And it's boom, and it just comes in, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I'm liking this, I think. And I was a bit, you know, I did see that title, and it's like, hmm, yeah, it it looks like a film or a book or something that it just seems like it almost doesn't like the whole hotel and casino bit. Yeah, that is weird to read. <laughs> like yes. Tranquility Base, I could probably settle with that, but when you see Hotel and Casino, it's like. Is this like two parts or is it like, I don't know, there's something about it that didn't quite settle with me straight away. But as soon as I kind of understood where they were going and I heard that riff and that, I thought, no, I can, I'm, I think I'm going to be all right with this. Yeah. I think I had a similar thought process. Basically, my ultimate conclusion was that I trust them. Yeah. You know, it does feel a little bit jarring at first, but as we discussed off mic when we were... Uh, in the prep for this episode there's been a lot of talk online about certain song titles and the album title and saying you know oh that's stupid that's that's just rubbish that is people not like it no, pe- people are it. a bit kind of sceptical and think it's gonna think they've lost the plot think they're being indulgent or whatever it is but the overarching point is that this is by a band who are called Arctic Monkeys <laughs> like let's just remember their band name for a second right. they, this is what they do you know Brian Storm was a stupid name for a song uh, Hellcat Spangled sha la 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 yeah uh, but even go back to the first album and like uh, perhaps Vampire's a bit strong like that is that is a strange strange song title they've always kind of done these things yeah, it's not actually that new no um, so my kind of overarching feeling about it all is that I trust them I think whatever they've put together, it's taken a I long do. time to make. Well, that's that's actually the thing, Tim, is that it was only, well, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like it was only summer last year where I, I heard that they were going into the studio to record, which doesn't seem like a very long time. I think it was before but that. You know, I think it was the very beginning of last year. Right. Well, even then, you know that they've been at least yeah. thinking about what this thing's going to be next, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to kind of base this week's episode vaguely around that announcement because I'm going to say for people of our era and our kind of musical taste this is probably the most exciting announcement we've had so far in 2018 yes it's got me very very buzzed yeah especially as it's not that far away as well so sometimes with these kind of big announcements it's miles away you know you've got kind of three four five months Mm. uh, before the album comes out it can be a bit of a drag whereas this we haven't even got a lead single yet and we're already less than a month away from release date so that's really exciting I, I you know rumours were that it was going to be May maybe yeah. beginning of June and it's actually the beginning of May yeah. it's going to be before Great Escape buzzing going to have an Arctic Monkeys album before Great Escape maybe they'll play it a oh, Great Escape <laughs> <laughs> wow I doubt it I doubt but it you never too, ever know in this world many things can happen but anyway so we're wrapping the whole episode around this Announcement, and we're very excited for it. So first up, we're going to do three, you know, one of those classic ones that we do, listeners. 
it's been a while actually since we did kind of three different mm. um, song subject pick things. A kind of a a little bit like last week though. <laughs> oh yeah, we did six. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. Uh, so we're starting out with songs with weird names because that has been, I think, what from what I've observed, the kind of main response is what the hell are these song titles, this album title, and, you know, what's going on. So we've got 11 songs. Number one, Star Treatment. I want you to rank these by normal to not normal, Harry. Star Treatment. Star Treatment. How do you feel about that? Uh, sorry, normal meaning one. Normal ten. No, just normal or not normal. <laughs> I've got to do numbers. Uh, normal. One point perspective. Normal. American sports. Very normal. Uh, tranquility base hotel and casino. Fucked up. <laughs> Golden trunks. Normal. Hmm. I would go medium. On that one, golden oh, trunks. I don't know. I had three options. <laughs> no, well, no. I'm, I just meant they're the extremes. You can go wherever you want in the middle. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> uh, uh, next up is four out of five. <laughs> A little bit. But it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay in your world. The world's first ever monster truck front flip. Ridiculous. Absolutely. So ridiculous. excited for it though. Yeah. It's going to be mellow as well, you know that. Yeah, I know. That's it's going to be do. the most chilled song on the album. <laughs> I really don't want it yeah, to be, though. It will. Uh, science fiction? Normal. She looks like fun? I'd say normal, but I quite like that one. You like that one? I think that sounds like uh, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor, but for old people. Yeah. Yeah. For people who can't be bothered to dance anymore. She looks nice, but I can't yeah. be bothered. We need to Batphone. Batphone, brilliant. The Ultra Cheese. The best. No, the Ultra Cheese is stupid. That's where I... I mean, lo- stupid, but the best. Yeah. It's the last song on the album, and that is where I think, oh, really? The Ultra Cheese. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, it's what is that? amazing. Can you imagine, though? Right? Imagine when it, people are talking about their favourite Arctic Monkey songs, yeah, and, imagine and then that's that in way. the future, one's like, no, my favourite's the Ultra Cheese. <laughs> you're like, well, it can't be, because it's called that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is going to be great fun. It's mad. But anyway... It's what they've done. It's what they've always done. Uh, so we're going to pick great songs with silly titles first up. And Harry, mm-hmm. I believe you're going to give us a great little pick. I am in Dealy Dooley. So my song title that I think's always been up there with one of the weirdest is a song by Does It Offend You Yeah, which is also a weird name yeah, as well. Yeah, it is. And uh, a few weeks ago, we actually had quite a late night WhatsApp session, um, just kind of re-appreciating mm. this band, didn't we? It was a lovely moment, in my humble opinion. Going through some old classics, yeah. yeah. Well, the song title, and it really is one of the best, is uh, Attack of the 60-Foot Lesbian Octopus. Yeah. Weird song, right? Weird song, weird, weird song, title. weird title, weird name of band, weird but, everything. But takes me back to a certain point in my life, for sure. Mm, absolutely. It literally takes me back to a point which is exactly about the title of this. Not that I fought a massive octopus lesbian. I heard you did. Well, some people say it, but it's not been proven. <laughs> it could never be proven. There was no CCTV. <laughs> Thanks to Southern Rail. Yeah. <laughs> 
sorry, listeners, little injake there. <laughs> uh, I was uh, walking through school, Tim. So that t- take yourself back. Potato. So I was walking through school, and this girl says, "You're always listening to music." I was like, "Yeah." I yeah. had my like, chunky iPod on. And he's like, in a leather jacket and sunglasses. He's like, yeah. Little <laughs> cigarette hanging out the corner of his mouth. <laughs> a little candy stick. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was just, that she was like, what are you listening to? I don't know. And I thought, oh, of all the times that you're yeah. going to ask me this, I've been walking around with this thing on for, for, year, for years, Tim. Yeah, for it's, years. It's Tom Jones' sex bomb. What <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a cool rock band, but I just went with what was on there. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't scroll the wheel around enough to find <laughs> something else. But uh, it was this. And I remember just... I couldn't even... Didn't even want to say it. So I just showed her the screen. She's like... Okay. <laughs> and she had a, an earphone in. She's like... I don't think I ever spoke to her again. Yeah. She um, probably thought you were a massive pervert for sea life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just weird. Like, <laughs> here comes Squid Man. <laughs> um, so that has always got a stick... stick as one of the weirdest names for a song. Yeah. But other than that, it's also great. It's hectic. I mean, it is exactly what it says on the tin. Yes. I mean, I really love it, and I really love this album. I actually, after our little session, I listened to it, I listened to it a few more times subsequently, mm. and really kind of, it took me back. And I I, I thought this is, really stands up. It's a, it's a good, good album. But this song in particular is a little bit, if you're not ready for it, it's a little bit headache-inducing. Oh, massively. I feel like some people are doing the plus 15 seconds through this one. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Let's, should we give them a try? Yeah. See how many... Let us know how far you get through this. Yeah, it'd be nice to know. Okay. So this is Attack of the 60-Foot Lesbian Octopus by Does It Offend You? Yeah.
there we go if any of you have made it through uh, I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> just imagine being that girl that's listening and not knowing what she's what she's expecting and hearing that yeah It must have been an absolute shock for her, but maybe she great. thought you were interesting for it. Yeah, never spoke to her again, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, what are you bringing to the table? So mine is not necessarily a weird name so much as a name that I think is very Arctic Monkeys. We're going for uh, LA's very own Michael Collins, who's gone by a few names, uh, and I think has been played on the podcast before. Carco Mullins. Once upon a time, he was Run DMT. Oh, yeah, we have. Then he was Salvia Plath. And now he is just Drug Dealer. And, I'm, and I definitely have played him before because his uh, 2016 album, End of Comedy, I really, really love. There's so many tracks that kind of fit in. As we go through this process every week and we have these different things that we're trying to fit songs into... This is one that always comes into my head because it's such a varied album. There's so many different... Uh, genres and so many different feels and so many different kind of things going on in what I think is a really complex and interesting album that it kind of fits into uh, so many subjects that we talk about um, but this week I am going to bring it because I really love the song title It's Only Raining Right Where You're Standing I think it's it's a bit like uh, Don't Sit Down Because I Moved Your Chair Yeah, put an external voice on that Yeah, yeah it's What's it called? It's only raining right where you're standing. It's only raining right where you're standing. Exactly. It's got a full-on Arctic Monkeys vibe. And it's a track that I really, really adore. It's, I, I think it might be my third favourite on the album. Okay, that's fine. Don't make me commit to that, but I'm going to say third I won't ask you the right other two then. Okay, don't. Um, but I think one of the reasons I love it is because it's kind of, for me, it feels like a crossover between... Uh, there's an old uh, Kanye West release called Bittersweet which I absolutely loved at the time it's got John Mayer on it as well um, and listening back to it now it feels really polyphonic but it's actually so the one we heard earlier yeah it's yeah. actually really really cool um, it was back when he was doing his kind of slightly R&B hip hop thing it, I think it came out just after college dropout mm. um, but I don't know it's just one of those songs that's got a really dear place in my heart it basically sounds like if you mixed that with the Beatles and if that's not a combination you want to hear, then I, I don't really know who you are or why you're listening to this podcast. Um, I just think it's great, uh, and I think you're really going to enjoy it, and that's a great song title. So here we go. This is Drug Dealer with It's Only Raining Right Where You're Standing.
So there you have it, that was Drug Dealer, and we move on to our second mini category within the big episode. Next up we're going for Homecomings, because we are led to believe that this summer Arctic Monkeys are going to play a number of outdoor shows in Sheffield to celebrate the release of this album. And while this is all conjecture at this stage, in mine and Harry's head we're so excited for it that we've decided it's fact. Oh yeah, I mean I sound like a weird conspiracy theorist at this point, but... If you look at the facts, <laughs> they, uh, there's a park in Sheffield, right? Yep. That is mentioned in an old Arts and Monkeys song. Mm-hmm. You know. So in the uh, in the song, uh, red lights indicate doors are secured. They they you know they scream, it's high green, mate, via Hillsborough, please. Yep. Now that park has been booked out for like four days in September for a musical event. That'll be hosting a band and we'll have many people and they will be selling alcohol. Oh. It just sounds very much like pulper coming <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> it just sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, I've already started to think about who we're inviting. You know, wouldn't you really love to go on yeah, a I mean, lads I'm... tour up to Sheffield? Hey, ladies are invited too. Lads and ladies. Yeah. I meant more for Just the lads, lads, lads tour kind yeah. of thing. But, uh, for God's sake, you're so PC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I absolutely would love to go to that. Um, so much so that you even mentioned earlier today about starting a Facebook event. Yeah, and you, kinda, you stopped that, me. The gig um, that hasn't been announced yet. Because I know it will. Yeah. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. I can't wait to get on that train. With all the lads and lasses. With all their smiley faces. With all their smiley faces. And uh, have a nice little drink, go up to Sheffield, watch an amazing band. Yeah. Hopefully it happens. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But anyway. Homecomings. Yes. So that is where we have taken this uh, greatest homecomings in mm. musical history. Well, what I've done, Tim, is upon thinking about how Sheffield fans or Sheffield people... Uh, will be thinking about having a band like Arctic Monkeys as their own. Mm-hmm. Like, we do kind of have that, and you certainly do have it in, in your links back home. Yes. To the north. To area. the north. To the north. And um, I was thinking about those kind of real homecomings where the band means so much to the people that live in that place. Mm-hmm. And I think there's almost no one better than, well... Oasis, but I'm not doing Oasis. <laughs> Stone Roses, when they... Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say then. What do you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Fat Boys then. Oh, that would have been really good. But he plays in Brighton quite a bit. Yeah, but I thought you were going to talk about the beach shows. Ah. 
Well, I was going to say, does Brighton necessarily have one? And I guess Fatboy Sim might be that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Stone Rose is what I was going for. Now, yeah. me and Tim weren't fortunate enough to go to these gigs, but a bunch of our mates did. They did, And yeah. they've never stopped talking about it. And I think that it'll be very similar if they were to do that in Sheffield. And I would like to have that kind of thing. I always kind of felt it with the Maccabees. Yeah. If they were to come back to Brighton, it would feel like a homecoming. And I feel like they would call it that. In our hearts. I saw the kooks in Brighton once and that felt like a bit of a homecoming. I yeah. think they termed it as a homecoming. And the, when was that? the audience really took them to their bosom. When uh, was that? It was maybe like second or third album by the time they got a bit shit. Although they played loads of old songs, so it was quite good still. Junk um, of the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Junk kind of in stuff. my mind. That's a weird one because they've always had an accent, haven't they? Yeah. The Kooks accent has always been a bit of a myth in yeah. music. Like, where are you from? Brighton. Junk of the hearts. <laughs> Why is he singing like that then? Um, anyway, I mean, I, I had to go for this because they played in the Etihad in June of 2016 and they did four nights there, I think. Yeah. And I've seen the videos and it looks euphoric. Yeah. And I think to have that and to be there, I will kind of feel a little bit like that. Although... You know, I'm not from the area and there'll be some people that might hate on Southerners and hate on people that aren't from there. Yeah, I um, think if roles were reversed, we would find day trippers turning up a little bit annoying. Yeah, I'd certainly But at the same so. time, I very much would want to be there. Yeah, and I don't care what other people yeah. think. That's not true. I care so much about what people think. <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> um, I'm going to play uh, I Want to Be Adored by Stone Roses because they will want to be adored. As much as the, I haven't got anything else as to say. As much as you to. want to be adored, Harry. Absolutely. Oh, please adore me. Uh, so, yeah, this is I Want to Be Adored by the Stone Roses.
there we go. Stone Roses with I Wanna Be a Dad. Tim, what are you bringing up? Well, I'm going for something, it's probably to people who know me personally, a pretty obvious choice, but I kind of had to do it. Uh, a band probably more than any other who are close to my heart for very personal reasons. I'm going the Kaiser Chiefs. Of course I'm going the Kaiser Chiefs because similar to Stone Roses, what I really like the thought of is a homecoming show at a football stadium of your team. Mm. Because, you know, imagine you're in a massive band, Harry, and you get to play the Emirates Arsenal Stadium. That would just feel like double bubble. Well, no one would be there. Because you can't feel the capacity, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but imagine you're in a massive band and you get to also yeah, play your football team's stadium. And like, the Kaiser Chiefs, before this show, they got to like play on the pitch at Ellen Road, Leeds United's ground. And it was just this huge, huge moment in time. Because um, obviously... Are they football fans? Yeah, well, three out of four. Um, but also, Kaiser Chiefs famously get their name from a Leeds United reference. Their favourite player growing up in the 90s was centre-back, South African centre-back Lucas Radebe, who played for the Kaiser Chiefs in South Africa. So there's all, it all kind of linked up. And it was just, it was just this beautiful moment. Um, and a moment I'll kind of never forget, really. Uh, so, uh, you know, as you know, I don't really like to go into why this band are quite so important to me on the podcast because it's not that important. But what I'm going to say is they're brilliant. And, you know, those first two albums were as good as it gets. I'm going to pick a song which I think is kind of one of the forgotten hits from their, their first album, Employment, which obviously, you know, went platinum. Huge, huge record that... I think anyone growing up around the era just knows song for song. But one of the one of the tracks that goes forgotten and I think is a is a gem is You Can Have It All. It's one of the more tender ones, it's one of the more slow ones, it's one that doesn't have a oh, 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 oh. Uh, it doesn't have one of those. But what it has is real heart and real tenderness and um I absolutely adore it. Do they add those in ironically now? They don't do them anymore. Do they not at all? No, not oh, at all. They, they should. Haven't, they haven't done for several albums. They really should at some point. Um, maybe. Who knows? Oh. But the point is, we're going <laughs> to listen to You Can Have It All by Kaiser Chiefs and think back to a glorious day in April 2008 when they played Ellen Road.
So there you have it, that was Kaiser Chiefs with You Can Have It All. I've just got to say, I haven't listened to that song for a couple of years, and it's an absolute stone-cold classic, hearing yeah. it back. I was actually amazed that I remembered it, because I've never put myself down as a massive Kaiser Chiefs fan, but I think I was listening to the albums through at the, at, back in the day. Yeah, first album everyone was. It was yeah. a huge, huge hit. Um yeah, that was brilliant, and we're moving on to our third and final category, which is, again, a little bit speculative, because, essentially, the conclusion that we have drawn from number one, album title, and number two, the kind of uh, tour posters and things that have come out so far for the new Arctic Monkeys album, we are making a potentially big assumption, but I think a well-founded one, that this is going to be a concept album. It seems to be based around some kind of resort, some kind of stay there, and whatever the narrative may be that ensues from that. Yeah. That's certainly what I feel like it's going to be like. Um, it definitely feels like there will be a narrative behind it somehow. Yeah, because the pieces just don't seem to fit without that, mm. if that makes sense. Uh, so we're going to talk about concept albums, basically. Just a concept album that we love and a song from it. It doesn't have to be any more complex than that. Lovely. So the album that I am going for for this is one that I didn't actually really know as a concept album. Uh, It was only really once we were talking about what a concept album is and we came to the conclusion that it is an album that kind of takes a theme and runs with that theme throughout kind of thing. I think essentially. I mean, it is is a bit abstract, isn't it? Because some albums are very much built around a core idea mm. but go off on all kinds of tangents and it's kind of what gets termed as a concept album what doesn't i suppose it was kind of more obvious with like a sergeant peppers type thing yeah than maybe necessarily more modern stuff but i think what i've discovered through this exercise is that a concept album quite speaks to me more so than a collection of songs kind of thing i mean would you have said that blue cheese came strang as a concept album or would that no. be I wouldn't. I would say they're kind of uh, separate narrative threads that definitely weave together, but not in a kind of coherent piece. So it's just like you say, your definition could make it a concept album, depending on what it is. But yeah, Um, the one I'm actually going to go for is an album by a band that I I have a real love for this album. So the band is Arcade Fire, and the album is Suburbs. I am not a huge Arcade Fire fan. I don't think I've ever truly listened throughout a whole album apart from this one. Uh, Neon Bible was probably the closest I came to that. But this one really spoke to me, not personally, but as a narrative and as something that you could listen to from front to back. It's something I would always do and I I really love it. Um, I found an article that kind of explains what this album means and what makes it a concept album. Well, I think we can both attest to the fact that when other people can do the talking for us, it's oh, always cool. a positive. I'm going to try and make no mistakes in this as well. <laughs> I'm usually a good reader, let's see. I'm rubbish at reading on, when we do it on there. Really? Well, well even no, last no, week, exactly. I, I just... I, I can read, honestly. I have to cut things out. Last yeah. week, we didn't cut anything. No, I know, just me mumbling <laughs> away. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with this small excerpt from the from the article. 
The Suburbs Arcade Fire offers a 16-song treatise on the lost promise of the American dream, as exemplified in neighbourhoods where first they built the road, then they built the town, that's why we're still driving around and around and around. That the ensemble does so in moody anthems and upbeat rockers that are pitched perfectly to their subject matter. Oh. With music that variously nods to the Kinks, the Who, the Birds, Pink Floyd, Peter Gabriel, Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> uh, David Bowie, R.E.M., Blondie, The Cure, U2, Depeche Mode, The Strokes, Radiohead, among others. I mean, I think that's all of them, right? That's all the music. <laughs> uh, just makes it all the more entertaining in a manner similar to how the Beatles captured the zeitgeist of 1967 with the landmark concept album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Indeed, Arcade Fire adopts more than a few of that album's stratagems, including songs that flow into each other and repetitive musical themes, lyrical hooks and reprises. That last part of that, I could have just said that last part. Yeah. That, to me, is really what um, exemplifies a concept album when you have this running theme within the music so lyrics that are repeated or uh, melodies that are used in multiple different songs but that's interesting because like does that then make Pimper Butterfly a concept album because it's always I know you was conflicted yeah I think so using your influence like that's so many times throughout yeah and it kind of extends every throughout the songs yeah I would I would use I would say that is a concept album okay he's trying to there is a theme behind it he's trying to answer a question behind it I think um, that like I say, this this album is brilliant, and every single song kind of complements each other, and they're all quite similar but different enough. And it starts, you know, it's rocky, and then later on, it's a bit more ele- electronic, and it covers a lot of areas, and it's really great, Tim. Um, picking a song was a little bit different, but I'm actually going to go with the title track and the first track on the album. Uh, which is the suburbs. Nice.
So that was Arcade Fire with the track The Suburbs. Tim, what is your concept album? My concept album is one that it's been interesting to me because you know how we often talk about kind of iconic albums and how they are sort of put on a pedestal and these are the ones that you have to have heard and these are kind of great pieces of whatever it is, songwriting or musicality. This is an album that I feel like I've kind of watched go through a number of stages of finding its way to iconic status. I'm talking about The Streets, A Grand Don't Come For Free, which when it first came out, I remember vividly being a huge, huge fan of it. Um, And it being kind of one of, you know, one of the most acclaimed uh, pieces of music out there at the time. And The Streets are an actor who I feel became a little bit derided a few years after, whether people felt they'd become a bit sort of kind of a caricature of themselves, mm. um, a little bit dated, whatever it is. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure where the kind of criticism came from, but I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been a new appreciation of what Mike Skinner and co kind of put together in that era. And it, this album in particular, I think really feels like a kind of almost a cultural artifact of a an era that is now kind of past, although there's obviously, as with all these kind of things, a lot of things that still resonate today. Um, but essentially this this album is the story of a lost £1,000, kind of lost in a number of different ways. There's a great quote from Mike Skinner where he said, at the, where he said, every song needs a drama at the centre of it. And once you have the drama, the song writes itself. That's what I firmly believe. So he basically kind of set out to prove that in an album. So it, although the different songs do go off on different tangents, like I say, it's about blowing a grand, basically. Um, and all the different ways in that time you could do that as a working class kind of white male in, you know, Britain at the time. It's a really, really interesting album with so much texture and so many different influences coming into it um, by an artist who I really do genuinely believe will go down as as one of the most important uh, British musicians of all time. I think Mike Skinner is an absolute genius. And you know, as we keep on saying on this episode, I could have picked any, any, any song. But I'm going to go for Blinded by the Lights. And the reason I'm picking that song is because um, it's another one of these songs I feel like I've been talking about quite a lot recently where I, I feel immediately transported into a place the second I hear it. Mm. It feels like, it, listening to it, it feels immediately like you and it's maybe it's not the prettiest picture to paint but you know when you're a bit out of it and you're kind of in a club and you've you've kind of your internal monologue is going a little bit but you're and you you, you know what's going on around you but you're kind you're very much within yourself at that point you're thinking oh god I'm, you know I need some water I need to do this and oh my god it's you you yeah you're within your own head whilst all of this kind of uh, craziness is kind of whirring around you um in some ways it feels a really bizarre moment to be in. Uh, so to hear a song which just so perfectly encapsulated, I think it's really, really amazing actually. Mm. Um, and also just on an aesthetic level, it's a fantastic, fantastic tune. And again, one of those that I think is coming back around. I keep on hearing um, young kind of emerging artists, especially coming out of South London for some reason, that clearly seem to be taking a huge amount of influence from this record in particular. Um, well, it's a bit of a t- 
time machine record as well, isn't it? Yeah. When you when you hear that track, you're instantly taken back to what you were doing in 2006 or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. This was. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a it's a modern day classic and one that uh, yeah is is only going to get better with age. So I'm really really excited to play this one on the show. This is Blinded by the Lights by the Streets. That's the one. Oi. How did he not find a baggie with his hand in my shoe? Way too close for me. Oh, well, at least they allowed me through. Should be a good night in here. Ramo in the main room. People keep pushing me though. No reception on the phone. And I'm thinking. Lights are blinding my eyes. They said they'd be here, they said. They said in the corner. And I'm thinking. People pushing by. Then walking off into the night He's at well speckled A bit green and blue Freezes well cheap though So I'll take three if I need to Right, I'm on the plan I wish the bouncers would go away Borrow water off this man Here goes nothing, okay? And I'm thinking Lights are blinding my eyes Oh, that's proper rain That tastes like hairspray And I'm thinking People pushing by then walking off into the night I hate coming to the entrance Just to get bars on my phone You have no new messages So why haven't they phoned? Men you write message So where are you and Simone? Send message Dan's number Where have they gone? And I'm thinking Lights are blinding my eyes Why's the message pending? Where the fuck are you? And I'm thinking People pushing by then walking off into the night mm, Brandy or beer Water's a good idea I wish that bar lady would appear And come serve over here Where the fuck could they be? Still not over in the corner This night's a tragedy I keep thinking I saw her And I'm thinking Lights are blinding my eyes No, that's not them That's not them either And I'm thinking People pushing by then walking off into the night I'm still not feeling anything This has got to be a dog It's been ages since I necked it I smoked six tabs to the knob Belly's not even tingling I just feel a bit pissed No one looks like mingling I can't see her or him And I'm thinking Lights are blinding my eyes I'm gonna do another I think Yeah one more, these are shit And I'm thinking People pushing by then walking off into the night These toilets are a piss tape Queues bigger than the door Gotta get rid of this pill taste What are they chatting so much for? Glad I'm not a girl in this place They'll be here till dawn Sure my belly's tingling a bit Something's happening I'm sure And I'm thinking Lights are blinding my eyes Maybe I shouldn't have done the second one I feel all fidgety and warm People pushing by then walking off into the Whoa. night Everything in the room's spinning I think I'm gonna fall down My heart's beating too quick I'm fucking tripping out I wonder whether they got in Turned away no doubt Who cares, this is a tune coming in That one noise is like, I'm thinking Lights are blinding my eyes My eyes are rolling back I'm rubbing my thighs with my hand And I'm thinking People pushing by then walking off into the night Yeah, yeah, they cheer Can they see my hand in the air? I need to wave them over here I swear Simone's kissing Dan My head's twisted severe Bodies rushing everywhere They could have texted me when they were near But I'm fucked
boxing, I don't care. Lights are blinding my eyes. What was I thinking about? Oh, who cares? was the streets with blinded by the lights and it brings us to the end of yet another beautiful beautiful wonderful episode of tracks yeah tracks 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 <laughs> yeah did you enjoy this one harry i enjoyed this one tim i enjoyed this one too i'm a bit tired now it's yeah, quite late a bit knackered are you? i'm knackered my eyes are going i don't know i'm getting home tim oh who knows uh so let's wrap this up quite quickly so we can sort out all of these issues um thank you guys so much for tuning in once again it's absolutely... I don't know what you're doing with your hands. <laughs> Wrapping it up. Oh, it was annoying and long. <laughs> it's going on for too long, Harry. Yeah. Anyway, thank you listeners so much for tuning in to the podcast once again this week. We appreciate it maybe more than ever. <laughs> oh. At least as much as ever. Um, I have been Tim. And I've been Harry. And this has been Tracks, And we've been celebrating the news of Artsy Monkeys new album so we're going to leave you with an old Artsy Monkeys song it's I think we've decided this is the one with the longest title that's why we've gone with it mm. and it's also an absolute classic boosh it's called You Probably Couldn't See For The Lights But You're Staring Right At Me down 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 it's brilliant uh, <laughs> and we will see you next week after this absolute rock out see you then bye <laughs>